This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, a boy becomes a man with the help of a magic sword. I feel like there's a metaphor in there somewhere. everyone, and welcome once again to Hyperspace Broadcast, a show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog and try to determine what's worth revisiting. I'm Michael Doak. I'm Peter Eby. And this week we're beginning our coverage of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, also known as Masters of the Universe versus the Snake Men, uh, with the first 13 episodes of the first season. This is the 2002 remake of He-Man, just uh Yeah, right, right. So, uh, obviously, it's a reboot of the Filmation series He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, uh, which aired in 1983, which itself was based on the Masters of the Universe toy line. Uh, this is, like, one of the first shows, I think it's actually the first show, to be based on a toy line. And like many shows in the 80s, it is essentially a long commercial, uh, much like Transformers or G.I. Joe or Cops or, you know, any of those shows that were basically knockoffs of uh, one of the three. By Cops, you mean the live action show of like real life police stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on on the action figures. Yeah, based off the action figures of real policemen. Yeah, that was a really weird choice that they uh, went with there. But yeah, crime. In a future time. (laughs) Fighting crime in the right now time, (laughs) because it's live, baby. Uh, Yeah, so it's kind of weird. Uh, Apparently, this is actually the third iteration of the series. There was a 1990 series that was like a sequel to the original called The New Adventures of He-Man. So if you're keeping count, that's at least three things related to stuff we've covered. That is The New Adventures of Blank. Hey, you're Uh, right. (laughs) And uh, I can't wait till we get to the new adventures of old Christine. <laughs> yeah, right. That'll be that'll be a real blast. It's weird that that aired on Toonami. Yeah, I love Julie Louis Dreyfus. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, there there was like a rumor slash I guess kind of urban legend that the toy line was originally intended as a tie in for the uh, Conan the Barbarian movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, and there was a lawsuit over resemblances in He Man's design to Conan. Uh, my understanding, though, is that the two things are not related aside from, you know, probably drawing from similar like visual source material. Supposedly, the designers yeah. of the toys were influenced by Boris Vallejo and that kind of, uh, you know, barbarian art, I suppose you could call it. Yeah, right. Sword, loincloth. <laughs> yeah, right. Swords and sorcery. That was the genre I was thinking of. And of course, Conan existed long before the movie did uh, in stories, of which I bought a collection. And let me tell you, don't do that. They're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I was uh, a little disappointed. Anyway, uh, so this show was made to accompany the release of New Toys. Surprise, surprise. And it was yeah. produced by Mike Young Productions, which is now known as Splash Entertainment. We are going on a lot of tangents right off the bat here, but Splash Entertainment, interestingly, uh, also produced a bunch of like CG animated movies that are kind of shit, like Norm of the North and Rock Dog. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, there's that was the one we we were watching. What were we watching? It was the Secret of Nim. It was yeah, the- we're watching the Secret of Nim, and we 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 went to like the sea related, and it was all of these basically like rip off CGI movies, like yeah, oh, just instead of cheap, trolls, yeah, just cheap CGI crap, basically. Yeah, like, and instead of Secret Life of Pets, it's like the secrets of pets. Yeah, the the pet <laughs> life where it's just a dog, a cat, and what a parrot watching cute cat videos, <sighs> and yeah. then they just have commentary occasionally. That the was CG is like fucked up looking yeah that that was possibly the worst one but i think my favorite of the ones we found was happily ever after (laughs) two another bite at the apple and it's worth noting that the at in that title is the at sign like you would have in a fucking email address why uh also i also why happily never like, after i nev- don't know why not just write never why is it an apostrophe i like i get i couldn't tell like, you peter 
it's like they don't trust us to realize that it's a pun on happily ever after and they're like we have to point it out here yeah yeah but anyway uh that movie if it can be called the movie was also made by splash entertainment slash mike young productions so that was like a very weird linkage uh, from Secret of Nim to this was you know seeing what? something else made by the same company in the recommended movies. That's bizarre too, because like this show, you know, what? I don't good. want to spoil ahead, but this show's pretty good. And like, I think next week, or not next week, but the uh, next two weeks when we watch part two of this, mm-hmm. we should look into what the fuck happened to Splash Entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to God be damn. fair, they also produce a lot of like video game cutscenes, apparently. So oh, I really? think CG stuff is probably more their stock and trade, at least nowadays. <laughs> uh, you know, the show has a little bit of bad CG in it. I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sad that that's where they ended up. Yeah. So uh, anyway, all that, you know, nonsense aside, uh, the show actually premiered on Toonami in 2002. And just as a bit of trivia, apparently there's another reboot being worked on by Netflix, by uh, oh. Powerhouse Animation Studios, the makers of Castlevania and mark hamill is skeletor and that's a good that's good casting yeah i'm kind of excited for that actually yeah um (laughs) i just want to see mark hamill's skeletor and then i'll probably duck out but (laughs) moving on to the synopsis this show doesn't have much of an overarching plot you know it's kind of it's pretty episodic um but it does have some kind of plot threads and the first three episodes are a pilot movie, which is pretty common with shows like this. So I'll go over the premise and then uh, kind of fill in some of the mini plot lines. And then we'll just get right into our you know individual episode breakdowns. Uh, so basically, it all starts with this evil warlord named Keldor, who is a ripped purple man. Uh, attacking the kingdom of Eternia. He's trying to steal this mystical power from the elders of Eternia. He fights a King Randor, who every time I see his name, I think King Rando. And uh, he throws a vial of acid. Randor blocks the vial with his shield, and the acid splashes back onto Keldor's face. And then he runs away. Uh, The Eldor... The Eldor's... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the elders tell Randor that a hero will come to save Eternia and Randor will know him when he arrives. So years later, uh, Keldor, now with a skull for a face, calls himself Skeletor and has the appropriate voice. Uh, he breaks through the mystic wall that's been kind of keeping him trapped in his own territory so that he can, you know, steal the power of the elders again. And Prince Adam, Randor's son, is brought to Castle Grayskull, and, you know, basically the elders pooled their power in Castle Grayskull, and he can call on it to become He-Man, who's just a ripped version of Adam, essentially, uh, and he's super badass, and, you know, scantily clad. And it has to be, like, a secret, too, that that Adam is actually He-Man. Yeah, right, right, for some reason. It's not quite Sailor Moon and, like, oh, they transform and somehow, like, he looks identical. Like, to be fair, He-Man also has a cat and is also blonde, but he becomes, like, twice as tall and huge and ripped, too. So it's, like, I can see why the characters are, like, not seeing the resemblance. (laughs) Yeah, and in fairness, too, I feel like they're... Like, there's some mileage out of the why don't they just recognize them thing. But also, to me, with stuff like this, that's just kind of suspension of disbelief you have to accept. Otherwise, it's like, why doesn't everyone know Clark Kent's Superman? He looks just like Superman. Like, yeah, okay, but just buy into it. Otherwise, yeah, none of this ever makes sense. (laughs) It's easier to buy into this than just Sailor Moon, where it's like, oh, yeah, Sailor Moon is pretty bad about it. (laughs) identical character but with a tiara and a short skirt okay uh so yeah that's pretty much the setup for the series uh at this point he-man and skeletor are basically fighting so the mini plot threads are that tila who's adam's friend and like trainer kind of um turns out to actually be the daughter of the sorceress who's the guardian of castle grayskull and she has some kind of mystic destiny but we don't really know what that is yet um tila seems to be figuring out that adam is he-man and skeletor is like 
slowly getting to understand what exactly happened. Because originally he was trying to find the elders again, but now he's just after Castle Grayskull because he has determined that that's where the power is hidden now. Uh, yeah, and I th- it's one thing I thought was pretty neat is that, like, episode to episode, you start seeing, like, logical reasons why Skeletor is picking up on this information and able to make these deductions that, like, oh, the elders transform themselves into the super energy and now they reside in Castle Grayskull because Castle Grayskull is super important to these guys. Yeah, right, right. Why is they everyone keep... defending that place? Yeah, why, why does Tila go to defend Castle Grayskull at the expense of her father, Man-at-Arms, right. uh, for example? And, and so, which I like that kind of intelligent aspect yeah, of the villain. Yeah, too. it actually makes Skeletor seem like a threatening villain instead of a gigantic joke, which he pretty yeah. much is in the original series. <laughs> right. Uh, but the final thing is that one of Skeletor's minions, a woman named Evil Lynn, who's kind of like a dark wizard or whatever, uh, she seems to have a little bit of Starscream in her because, I don't know, I get the impression that she's plotting something behind Skeletor's back. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I could easily be wrong there, but that's just, you know, what I got out of it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it might be worthwhile also to point out <laughs> that the aesthetic of this show, if you're not familiar, is it's crazy. Not just like, yeah, it's crazy. It's not just fantasy. It's it's fantasy sci-fi um, in that, like, people have, like, hover bikes and shit and, like, uh, yeah. guns. Like, <laughs> but also has, swords. Like, a, yeah, a laser gun hand. Like, he can turn his hand into a laser gun or into, like, a mace or whatever. And uh, Yeah, but yet there are like... wizards and shit and, mm-hmm. like, a lot of transforming weapons that transform into something that makes almost no sense frequently. Like, right. Man- Shield that transforms into a hoverboard. I mean, that, that makes that more makes sense. My personal favorite is Man-at-Arms has, like, a club that transforms into a telescope on top of a club. <laughs> which is really strange but uh yeah yeah so there are a ton of characters of course because this is based on an action figure toy line uh so we'll try to explain who they are and like what their deal is when they come up in our episode discussions yeah. uh because naming them all right here is gonna take a while and be boring as fuck so peter <laughs> what was your favorite episode of uh these 13 so my zenith for this week is episode 10 dragon's blood the uh basically what happens in this one is adam and tila are like training and hanging out and they find they come across this like cave where a dragon is trapped inside and adam makes the effort of trying to rescue it and it kind of flies out meanwhile we find out that beast man who's the one of skeletor's minions who's like controls beasts he's stolen some dragon eggs from the from the mom and is like goes and tries to He's basically trying to raise them because he can't really like tame a dragon on his own, but right. he loses them and the dragon's eggs. Orko ends up picking them up. Orko's a doofy wizard character who is like the dumb snarf mats snarf mascot of this show. Yeah, yeah, he really he's he's definitely the comic relief character. Yeah, uh, he, and he's sometimes funny, other times not. It kind of yeah, depends. He picks up he picks up the dragon's eggs because he lost his juggling balls and he starts juggling them and then they all hatch and the dragons start causing problems for everybody. And so Skeletor starts machinating that you know they're gonna start directing these these dragons hatch and they grow very fast and they kind of just fly on their own and they start kind of terrorizing eternia just attacking villages for shiny objects and other shit that dragons yeah, like right they're uh, yeah they're specifically attracted to shiny objects and then yeah. skeletor is like oh we can use that to have them destroy the walls of castle grayskull so i can yeah. get in and steal the power or whatever yeah, Skeletor basically uses Evil Lynn, the uh, dark sorceress in his under his command. Basically, uses her as like a laser pointer to direct <laughs> yeah, pretty much direct these these like young dragons to destroy Castle Grayskull. I really then, like the idea of this. To, sorry to, to to like cut in, but that you saying that almost makes it seem like this episode was based on a time when like some kid was playing with his Castle Grayskull action figure playset, <laughs> and then like his older sister or something put a laser pointer on it, and a bunch of kittens attacked it. <laughs> and they were like, that you sounds... know what? If those kittens were dragons, that sounds like a fucking great video. <laughs> <laughs> or like a lot of fun if you were a kid. Yeah, right. Just dress the kittens up in little dragon costumes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. 
boom. So He-Man shows up. Adam, you know, runs off. He-Man comes in, as as it usually is. And uh, he and Tila have to, like, fight off the dragons to finally get rid of them. Mama Dragon shows up, and there's this big fight where it's, like, blowing fire at him. And it basically, it's, like, the only thing I've seen actually fuck up He-Man. He-Man yeah, is pretty like, much. He's losing against the dragon. Actually. He-Man is literally the strongest man in the universe, and he's losing against <laughs> the dragon. And uh, then the dragon is about to, like, deliver the killing blow, but she smells him and smells Adam on him because Adam saved her before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's what I like about this episode. <laughs> right. The, 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 the dragon befriends Adam then and is like, oh, you're cool, actually. I remember you saved my life and flies off. And that is where most TV shows would end. But what I like about <laughs> He-Man is that it kicks it to the next fucking level every time. It like like the fucking regular show, you know, like they, they're yeah, always sure, going to go of. to the next like crazy extent. Uh, this in a more slightly more grounded way. But it, as the dragon's flying off, Skeletor arrives riding his own like cool serpentine blue dragon, and like the red mama dragon turns around. And it's like, oh fuck, I gotta help them. And they have a whole on goddamn D war. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. We got a dragon war. <laughs> dragons fighting each other. To reference a movie that came out when I was in high school, that was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> right. D war, right. the dragons versus tanks movie. Um, <laughs> okay. I remember one I don't, guy I in my class. I only remember the title. I do, yeah, I do not one. remember anything about it. Exactly. I never saw it, but I remember one guy in my class was like, dude, it looks fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, all right, sure. So I guess. hyped for it. But, uh, and and it's awesome, though. Like, they come in and it just goes crazy where it's like Skeletor and his forces, He-Man and all of them are fighting, and the Mama Dragon and the, like, evil Serpentine Dragon that looks badass. They start fighting each other. And it's just like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. Like, I, I was going to, I was so ready to be like, disappointed by the ending where it's like yeah of course i can predict that that's gonna happen yeah right he smells it it goes away they're friends great no no we get a fucking badass fight out of it and you know what i also thought like when he-man was fighting the dragon and losing i thought they had like a good sense of scale with that too made a lot of fun The dragon fight's pretty cool actually yeah like it's probably one of the more interesting fight scenes in this just because a lot of the fight scenes in this are just kind of dudes fighting other dudes uh, yeah, right. But this is, you know, I don't know, fighting a giant monster, there's something a little more dynamic about it, I guess. The sense of scale they use is, like, is quite good. Like, I thought that mm-hmm. was nice. Uh, what was your favorite episode? Uh, mine was episode nine, The Ties That Bind. And I would kind of love, like, a counter of how many episodes of TV have the title The Ties <laughs> That Binds, because yeah. I'm sure I've seen it before. At least like uh, three different Star Trek series. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, so this episode uh, starts off with a battle where Tila gets injured and requires a blood transfusion, and uh, the only person that can give her blood is the sorceress, uh, who is, you know, her biological mother. But Tila doesn't know that. She thinks that Man-at-Arms, who is, like, I guess the captain of the Eternian army or something? I'm not really sure. He's just kind of a dude who makes gadgets and fights. (laughs) But anyway, uh, she thinks that he's her father, and the transfusion from Sorceress gives her the ability to read minds, which is a problem because they need to keep the fact that Adam is He-Man's secret. Uh, So while this is all happening, uh, Skeletor and his minions realize that Evil Lynn can kind of broadcast her thoughts into Tila's mind to deceive her and, you know, cause a distraction so they can go to Castle Grayskull. Yeah, misdirect all the forces based on her, like... Yeah, Bad off of telepathy. Yeah, off of her hearing some bullshit that Evil Lynn feeds her. Uh, so this episode is pretty plot heavy. It's like that's okay. I kind of like this slow reveal of that Tila is more important than just another one of the masters of the universe. Yeah. Um, and there's like some stuff that I think is kind of funny in this episode that works pretty well for me. Like, 
there's a point where Skeletor uh, is going on about how, you know, like, this is my plan and I'll finally get Castle Grayskull. But he stops partway through because Evil Lynn is apparently bored. <laughs> and I feel like that's a joke on how frequently he says basically the same fucking thing <laughs> in the original series. Right. Like, I don't know. Uh, there's also a point where Skeletor and Evil Lynn are like, laughing about a plan evilly and his other henchmen just kind of join in despite not knowing what they're laughing at yeah because <laughs> they're like there's a great scene of one of them turning to the other and being like uh should we laugh and the other just shrugging <laughs> and then both of them starting <laughs> yeah. to laugh <laughs> that's a joke that I've, i feel like i've seen in a billion things and it's never been funny except with this the way they delivered it yeah here, it's, it's done funny. Yeah, that's true. That is like a very old hat joke, but I think yeah. they actually managed to pull it off here. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. Um, there's another thing that's pretty funny, which is I think actually my favorite part of this oh. episode and the reason that it's my favorite episode, which is Tila, now that she can read minds, uh, at one point she demonstrates her ability to read everyone's minds by telling them what they're thinking. Uh, and she turns to a character named Mechanek. Now... <laughs> Mechanek is the best character isn't character in this show because he's just a guy who has the ability to extend his neck. He's and got like that's a robot it. neck. <laughs> yep, and that is all there is that's to it. That's all he does. <laughs> and it's like the the joke basically is that she points out that it's a very lame power uh because apparently what he's thinking about is how he wishes he had better powers yeah and i don't know i i, I appreciate I, the show calling out that mechanic's power is so lame <laughs> yeah uh, i love that that kind of self dig there <laughs> yeah right it's like yeah we know mechanic sucks no one likes him but that's why i like him he's the underdog yeah uh, so what was your least favorite episode? I'd say my least favorite episode is Siren's Song, episode 8. Uh, this is an episode in which, basically, <laughs> these two characters, Ram Man and Buzz Off. Ram Man is basically the juggernaut. He's just like, he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the he masters. Looks, he... And he's he's just like a big dude with a helmet who talks kind of dopely and rams into things. <laughs> That's yeah, all he does. smashes through stuff. He is yeah, just he's... the juggernaut. <laughs> And then Buzzoff, who is like a bee man, who yeah, Buzzoff. We'll talk about Buzzoff because he uh, he factors into my least favorite episode. <laughs> oh yeah, he he had like his voice. I like him because his voice sounds. It's not the same voice as Tom from Toonami, but it sounds exactly like Tom and yeah, it's it modulated pretty in the similar. same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The modulation is actually done pretty well too. It's like a deft modulation. Yeah, yeah. He's not quite at the level of like Robotech Zentradi, oh, where the modulation no. sounds like what someone is? speaking through a fan. Yeah. Uh, it's handled much better than that. Macronians. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's it's better than that. But uh, Ramman starts getting like pissed off and like suspecting that Buzzoff is a traitor for some reason. Evelyn like uh decides to create dissent among the ranks of the masters by basically becoming a siren for some reason. She transforms into a siren and then like sings her song and that song I don't know why she turns into another character to do this. Oh, I guess so that I mean I guess so her. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but like while Ramman <laughs> is out fishing, she sings the song to him and then takes over his mind and basically she like programs him kind of like a manchurian candidate like yeah sure like, she'll control his mind when <laughs> yeah it's, it's when the ramchurian candidate you could call uh, it or the yeah. ram manchurian candidate yeah there you go and so like yeah basically he's under mind control but doesn't know it and is like occasionally being made to do shit by her talking telepathically to him mm -hmm. and so <laughs> there's a point where like he steals something steals a prototype weapon for Skeletor and then he gets caught doing it almost and it's like who stole the weapon and he immediately like lashes out and freaks out and uh, accuses Buzz off and it's this big argument and I don't know the reason I don't like this episode it's it's not the worst I don't think well I mean I guess it's the worst but there's not really much bad <laughs> uh, yeah it's, one of those it's, yeah right it's but, a it's uh, a speed bump I guess yeah but like 
it's kind of, Ram Man is kind of annoying. His voice is kind of annoying, and he's just like getting angry and flipping and this, and it's just like all right. Man at Arms also in the beginning teases telling every he like teases out this information. He's like, all right, you know what? It's time we told everyone what's going on. And oh, then he just yeah, tells, yeah. and and I was like excited. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be interesting plot development." Oh, he's like, going to oh. tell everyone that Adam is He Man for sure, yeah, or, right? Or like, that's the only thing that makes sense. Or he could tell us all like new information too, which is like cool. And instead, he just tells us what we already know from the first episode, which <laughs> I thought all the other characters already knew was that like, hey, you know, the elders they didn't just vanish; they actually turned into an energy ball, and the energy ball is hiding in. It's energy of pure goodness, and it's super powerful, and it's all hiding in Castle Grayskull. And it's like, great, thanks, Man at Arms. I already knew that. <laughs> thanks for reiterating, Man at Arms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I will say that there's a couple of things in this episode that are pretty funny. Uh, this is the first appearance of Man at Arms's vehicle that I can only describe as a <sighs> beetle truck. Oh, and the vehicles in this looks show ridiculous. Like all of them look completely ridiculous. Of course, they're action figure vehicles. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're fucking insane. This, yeah, it's a truck that is shaped like a beetle, and it has like a trebuchet on it. Also, it's <laughs> right, just it's so crazy. Much, so much random shit put together. You could tell these are all like made to be action figures or made from old action figures because you know. They all... Well, yeah, they all have the open top, so you can yeah, cram yeah, an action figure tops. inside it, and exactly. it doesn't make any sense. So, like, it, so you can fit like a standing action figure inside that like, <laughs> yeah, doesn't have or, posable legs. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like the old it's... Star Wars ones that just had the point of articulation where their legs bend forward. Uh, yeah. Those, those action figures, man. Yeah. So th- that's funny. And then something that we haven't mentioned yet, but is honestly great, is that this show has PSAs at the end of every, uh, oh, every episode. Right. Uh, much so like glad. the old G.I. Joe. And it is hilarious because it's so unnecessary and it's clearly just an homage to the original show. Like, this is not really a thing that shows were doing anymore in 2002, at least as far as yeah. I'm aware. No, so, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so it's it's pretty funny just to have them for no real reason. But uh, this PSA features a shot of Ram Man and Buzz Off fishing together and the boat is like cocked up in the air because Ram Man is so heavy. Yeah. And then Man at Arms talks to the camera about how friendship is important <laughs> and trust. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. Well, what was your least favorite? My nadir was episode five, Sky War. So this episode <laughs> is basically the first time that Buzz Off is introduced. Uh, he is an Andrenan, and he and some dignitaries visit, I guess, the Eternians, and they're trying to make a peace treaty, but they don't trust each other fully. Uh, and they share a general area with the Avion, who are like... Bird people. Yeah, they're bird people. And and one of the masters of the universe, uh, which is the good guy team, uh, is an Avion. And, you know, he flies around and kind of sounds like uh, Jonathan Reese davies a little bit. But <laughs> he sounds like Patrick Stewart doing a, uh impression of sean connery yeah right right it's 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 a top it's a weird voice uh anyway so this whole episode is about skeletor trying to provoke a war between the andrenans and the avions and uh using like video editing and false flag operations to accomplish this goal and it's really weird, and of course, all he wants to do apparently is steal the Andrenans, uh, what ambrosia, ambrosia which they make, nectar. Yeah. yeah, because it'll make him super powerful, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like he could have a more important goal. But anyway, the the reason I don't like this episode, like generally speaking, it's fine. Uh, I think that it's unfortunate that the leader of the Andrenans is named Buzz Off. Because it just yeah. sounds so not like a name. Like what a name, yeah. <laughs> I mean, n- not that anyone's name sounds real. I mean, Man at Arms, I don't think has an actual name, or at least hasn't been referred to no. yet. <laughs> so You're you right. have to awkwardly refer to him as Man at Arms all the time, or fucking Manny Faces. 
but <laughs> buzz no off for many faces <laughs> yeah no there's not but buzz off is just such a goofy name and i can't take it seriously that apparently he's he seems to be like the leader of this race like king yeah. buzz off <laughs> It is kind of cool when, like, Skeletor and his gang gets a hold of the Ambrosia, and they basically, like, the Ambrosia makes them more powerful by giving them spikes and, like, cool red <laughs> armor. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but, yeah, th- it's cool. They power up, and then, like, Skeletor is actually beating He-Man, but then it, they just depower it's, again, yeah. and there's it, it no... It just wears off. Yeah, there's no real hinting that that might happen or anything. It's just like, well, Skeletor would obviously just straight up win if this works, so it has to stop working suddenly yeah. so that He-Man can beat him, uh, which <laughs> is stupid. Like, that's just silly. Uh, and I just want to say, I really cannot explain why I can't take the name Buzz Off seriously, but I can take the name Evil Lynn seriously. <laughs> yeah, there's right. There's no excuse. Everyone has a stupid name. Or fucking Clawful, who's a giant lobster man. Like, it, yeah, I get it. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend that it does. Um, but, like... There, there is some lame things. Honestly, the reason I don't like this episode very much is just because it's Skeletor fighting an information war in order to cause two states to go to war with each other, yeah. and it feels oddly prescient. And yeah. like it, it's just too close to home for such a stupid show. Like <laughs> fucking. The, the, yeah, the wars between insectoids led by a guy named Buzz Off and bird people named by or led by a guy named Stratos, and it's created by a ripped purple man with a skull for a face. Yeah, but like, but I don't like, know. It feels too real. He's like editing the video of of like the king who's trying to get them to both sides to calm down he edits it to make him say like hey that side actually really sucks yeah right it's, <laughs> it's just like, there's something weird about like seeing, juvenile yeah there, there's just something weird about seeing things in a kid's show and being like oh that's like a false flag attack that's yeah. kind of fucked up like yeah what's what going on now yeah that's a real thing uh so yeah i don't know it hit a little close to home i mean i'm kind of kidding but it is weird and it's stupid that Skeletor just depowers out of nowhere because otherwise he'd win. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, what was your honorable mention for this week? Mine was episode seven lessons. This is, this is like starts off and you think it's an Orco episode, which I don't know if anyone really wants. <laughs> like, I don't sure, hate yeah. Orco. He's kind of, he's, he's definitely like the mascot goofy character, you know, comic relief. And he's a fuck up, but he's all right. He's kind of fun. They don't make him over the top annoying. Mm-hmm. But the, this this episode this episode starts hilariously with like or they're like we finally finished the giant statues of the elders. And they're like <laughs> huge, <laughs> huge statues, and like we just got one more to work on. And they've got like men pulling ropes. This like statues that's like the size of a skyscraper. And yeah, the and- like we'll use some magic to help. And he like uses some magic to make it lighter but makes it so light that it floats and then man at arms gets pissed at him and like grabs him and causes his magic to fuck up you know it's really man at arms fault (laughs) kind Uh, of (laughs) and the statue crashes onto the ground and then tilts over and just hilariously (laughs) most pretty much like unrealistically domino effects each other gigantic <laughs> statue there's like fucking 12 of them in a <laughs> half a, circle and it just yeah. keeps going for so long it's kind of hilarious it's, it's really funny and it's just like oh it just fucking ruined everything <laughs> like everyone is so happy that like oh it's a new day in eternity yeah, we finally all these did statues it are finished these revered statues and just everything fucks up catastrophically so orko gets like all upset and he's like fuck it i'm gonna go home i'm gonna which apparently orco's from like some other place or world or something yeah and uh which is believable he kind of looks like a he's kind of like a black mage from final fantasy like yeah totally he's, he's got the hat over his like face is always shadowed entirely by his hat and his, yeah, and his can, eyes poke out yeah right right and you never see him with his hat off and he has a really but, high collar well, yeah he's yeah. pretty much vv yeah and so he's, like, going to Castle Grayskull and talking to the sorceress, like, oh, can you send me back home? I suck here. And uh, 
he goes into the castle and meets this man in like a library who is who starts being like, well, no, here, why don't you check out some of this stuff of like, here's, I have records of all the stuff you've done. Look at the magic book. And the magic book like shows videos of him. What he <laughs> yeah, did cool yeah. shit in the past. Yeah. The it's like, like a clip show for clips that we haven't seen. Yeah. Of Orko and, and like saving Adam as a child, etc. Important things Orko has done and like making the king and queen laugh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's an important thing that is mentioned. So it turns out that's all the side story. And the real story is that uh, Evil Lynn is, like, going to go find this amulet for Skeletor and goes to this, like, cool desert ruin to do it and faces this, like, faceless wizard man uh, who looks fucking badass. He looks like Rorschach, but, like, as a badass sorcerer. Yeah, yeah. And he's the faceless one. That's yeah, what they call yeah. Him. And uh, she gets it. Skeletor gets pretty strong. He starts raiding Grayskull. Uh, He-Man comes in, and they fight, but He-Man's getting beaten. He gets, like, knocked back so hard that he gets, like, knocked out of He-Man mode. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right, right, that classic thing. And turns back to Prince Adam, yeah, well, which it's I thought the... for a second. I thought for a second. I was like, oh, shit, because I, like, I thought Skeletor was going to see him turn back into Prince Adam, but he, like, <laughs> right. knocked him so far away that I guess he didn't. What I like about this is that Sorceress is like, uh, Orko, we need you right now because you're the only one left to go outside and distract Skeletor so he doesn't like see He-Man while he <laughs> while I get him his sword. Right. And uh what I love is Skeletor's at the gate, at like the drawbridge, walking in, just about to kick some ass, and <laughs> Orko is the one person blocking him, and Skeletor's just like You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, just, does not that. take Orko seriously at all. Yeah. And Orko, you know, manages to do like a little magic trick to swap what's in his hands with the amulet in Skeletor's hands. And, uh, you know, everything turns out good and the good guys win. Whatever. But it's, yeah, yeah. They, I, the, I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, I love that little moment with that, <laughs> that face off with Skeletor. And yeah, actually, like, funny. kind of a feel good thing when Orko is like getting you know convinced over over time to like stay yeah right it's this is also the episode that i believe kind of indicates that evil lynn is up to something because that's right the the like stone gets not or the uh the amulet it's called the ram stone and it makes like a giant ram basically but it gets knocked over the bridge into the chasm between grayskull and you know the cliff i guess uh, and Evil Lynn catches it, but then tells Skeletor, no, it just fell and we can't get it back, uh, and then returns it to the Faceless One, and it's revealed that the Faceless One is Evil Lynn's father. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, there's like He's kind of like, oh, there may still be some good in you yet, you know? Yeah, right. There's, there's some duplicity that yeah. leads me to believe that she might have a plan. I don't really know. But, uh, yeah, this is also an episode where the, like... It has another great scene of just everyone in Skeletor, like all of Skeletor's minions just kind of hanging out where uh, yeah. they they watch a video of Orko fucking up all the statues <laughs> by yeah, using it. And they're, they're all just, just like laughing. laughing at him. That's so funny. <laughs> like it's it's such a weird moment. And then Skeletor comes and he's like, what are you fucking doing? You know, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. My honorable mention is episode 11, Turnabout. In this episode, Man-at-Arms develops a belt that cannot be removed that hurts the wearer if they think evil thoughts or do evil things, and then <laughs> fires the belt from a gun onto Skeletor. Yeah. This basically means that Skeletor just gets electrocuted, like midway through every sentence because he's evil and he's mean yeah and that's kind of funny on its own like also just that his minions start to make fun of him after a certain point yeah, because they realize they start... that he can't really do anything about it 
Like every time he interacts with his minions, you realize just like how much of an asshole he is. Like even <laughs> yeah. when they do something right, just... yeah, right, right. He's always insulting them and stuff. Yeah, uh, there's there's a great scene where Skeletor is trying to be nice to Evil Lynn, which is really <laughs> hilarious, honestly. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, how are you?" Like. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's something great about Skeletor I love pretending what you've to done be done nice. with your nails. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, so then, however, uh, Triclops, which is one of Skeletor's minions, he's like a dude who has a rotating eye laser. He looks uh, badass. Yeah, and he's sort of the tech guy too. He has like these little drones that he scouts yeah. with. He's the bad guy tinkerer. Anyway, he figures out what the deal with the belt is and basically makes a backpack that does the same thing, but for <laughs> good people. And then they attach it to He-Man. Uh, and, you know, there's like a fight and, and this village is totally destroyed. And sadly, He-Man does not have to act evil, which is what I was really yeah. looking forward to. Uh, instead, he just kind of you know bears the brunt of this electrocution until the thing explodes and conveniently destroys skeletor's belt as well right um there's not a whole lot to this episode honestly i just really enjoy skeletor trying to be nice <laughs> because it's so awkward it's a, um, it's a really good premise and it, there are some really funny moments in it although i was a little disappointed that yeah there there's some like good comedic potential that they kind of didn't quite go yeah, with. Yeah, I wish that there had been more of Skeletor trying to be nice. Yeah, uh, or like but... a scene of like, maybe a little bit of He-Man like trying to be evil, but it's just not working. Yeah, like... or just being a dick. Like, basically all I want out of this is just Skeletor, instead of saying to his minions like, you pitiful fools, saying something like, you wonderful luminaries like something <laughs> yeah just a, a bad masking of him being an asshole uh which isn't really in there sadly also this episode features a point where skeletor is hanging off the edge of a cliff and he-man saves him uh and it i like i know this is a kid's show he-man can't just let him die <laughs> like that's not gonna work but I don't know. I, I generally don't like that stuff. And in this case, it especially feels egregious. Like, it's not even a Batman thing where, you know, Batman doesn't kill. So it makes sense for him to do this. Like, He-Man doesn't kill clearly because this is a show for kids and he can't be fucking murdering people. But yeah. also, he carries around a giant fucking sword. Like, <laughs> it does it does not seem like not killing people is a priority of his <laughs> yeah that is kind of like if if batman like regularly carried like a desert eagle <laughs> yeah right exactly it's just like i never kill but i, I never kill but i do handgun. have this handgun <laughs> yeah uh so we'll get to the break when we get back we're gonna talk about what we thought about this show uh talk about making a bet for next time and then what we're going to watch uh between these two episodes covering He-Man. Thus weakened, they shan't be prepared for another attack so soon. More masters will fall. Grayskull and its secrets will finally be... Evil Lynn, do I bore you? He-Man will return in a moment. Hey there, everyone. This is Michael coming at you from a oddly rainy day in los angeles uh to give you some information about the show our opening and closing music is as always vapor diving and the music for the bumpers is monkeys both of these tracks are by Anatech. you can find more of their music on soundcloud rights were secured through gemendo our next main episode will release march 25th and tune in next week for he-man and she-ra a christmas special as always, you can submit a topic or show suggestion for our minisodes via DM on Facebook.com slash HBPod, Twitter at HBPod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. And you're worried that all the sand might clog up your neck apparatus. And oh yeah, wishing you had better powers. And now, back to He-Man. And we are back. Peter, what do you think about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe 2002? 
I think it's a lot of dumb fun. Yep. Uh, <laughs> This, it's, you know, the designs in this show, uh, and you really need to get that down. They're fucking crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, no, they're all ridiculous. They fly like, around in, like, hover chairs that kind of just look like, they kind of remind me of, like, the, <laughs> they kind of remind me of, like, the the hover, big-ass hover enforcers from the movie Space Mutiny, <laughs> maybe from Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> Yeah, I can dumbest, totally see that. Or the like dumbest chase ever. <laughs> yeah, or like weirdly armored, like those, like those mobility scooters at a <laughs> like a hover round. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Like it, look, they look like armored versions of those. They look quite weird, but it's you know it's about the same size and dimension. It's it's odd. It's re- it's weird. It's like yeah, it, it's just kind of like a classic sci-fi fantasy art. By way right. of like Lisa Frank at times, like <laughs> get, sure, maybe yeah, not, I could see not that, quite I guess. as intense as Lisa Frank, but you get some like like Battle Cat or Cringer, aka Battle Cat. Oh man, I, Battle Cat looks ridiculous. Yes, green and black, and then like he gets the cat gets ripped too when He Man transforms. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's awesome. A great touch. He becomes ripped and has like cool armor. Right, uh, uh, it's. It's fun. It's clearly like it's like the most fucking toyetic thing I've ever watched. Like everything, oh, it is toyetic as hell. Every new like, character that's introduced, and of course it is. It's based on a toy line. But yeah, still, right, right. Every but new still, character, even like it's it's up there with Transformers and yeah. like Gundam. It's even, <laughs> like, it's even more so than any of that to me, though, because like yeah, every right. new character, every time a character wears a new thing or gets like a new piece of armor, oh, yeah. I'm like. <laughs> I picture in my head, I'm like, oh, yep, that's a special release. Like, you get the yeah, no, there's, aqua there's, armor, exosuit, man-at-arms. Right, right. There's a man, there's an episode where man-at-arms has this, like, underwater mobility suit he's or something. And I was just armor. like... It looks like he's yeah, wearing right. three exosuits. <laughs> right, <laughs> right but it, it was the kind of thing where I was like, oh, I remember having, like, the Batman action figure that had that thing attached to yeah. it. Like I remember Arctic that. Arctic Assault Batman. <laughs> right, exactly. When, when is he in the Arctic? <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of that kind of shit, uh, which is pretty great. Uh, yeah. I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this show. Like, I have seen the old show, and it's pretty stupid and not very good. I, I personally don't even really find it funny to watch. <laughs> um, But, like... You're, you're going to love her, Mason. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but, but this is, like actually fairly well done for the source material yeah and the other thing that i really like about it is like it does the reboot right in that it's full of homages to the old show like you can really tell that the people who made this had an affection for the old show yeah but wanted to like i don't know make it better basically like it's one of those things where it doesn't feel like a cynical i mean i guess a uh a good way to put it would be it doesn't feel like reboot the guardian code where it's like <laughs> ah yeah just slap this thing on it so that some people will watch it even Make though it, it has scenes. almost yeah even though it has almost nothing to do with the old show yeah like yeah. It, it doesn't feel like that it feels like the people who made this really at least knew that he-man was like a cultural thing and wanted to do it justice yeah um and that's cool like i like seeing that stuff um one specific like I already mentioned that there are PSAs, but also the show opens every time with Adam saying the opening lines from the original He-Man before he's interrupted by Skeletor and his minions coming in and, like, causing a huge explosion. Yeah. The original is is just like, my name is Adam, and I get to turn into He-Man, and I've got fabulous powers. And he explains the whole fucking show to you while nothing happens. This is Cringer, my my favorite, my faithful friend and cat. And this one, he's, like, starts in that spiel and then immediately... Like yeah, interrupted right. by <laughs> explosions and lasers and so much shit happening at once. And just and like a ton of action and bullshit. Like yeah. it's crazy. It's it's really quite funny. And it's again a nice like homage to the old show, but kind of a like, yeah, we know. This is dumb. Like this ain't your daddy's he man. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. This feels so much like the the stupid early two thousands kind of like extreme coolness. Yes. That's right. Trying to be, you know, trying to say as loud as possible, this ain't your daddy, C-Man. This is yeah. the real fucking deal. And the, it's so silly. Like, this I show love is, it. is extreme with two E's instead of three. And the first E is the <laughs> Wait, one that's what? missing. 
That's what I mean. Oh, it's okay. extreme. You got it? Gotcha. Gotcha. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, what's really nice is that Skeletor's voice is actually like the screechy old voice. Like yeah. He sounds like Skeletor. And I was really worried because when he's still whatever his name is, yeah, Keldor or whatever, whatever. Yeah, he had a deep voice. And I was like, I swear to God, yeah. if I watch this show and Skeletor is supposed to sound menacing, I'm going to fucking not enjoy it, but right. still watch it because I have to do this podcast. Have to. There's someone holding a gun to my head. <laughs> and it's me. <laughs> precisely uh so let's move on to the bet uh we noticed a number of things that happen in the show pretty frequently i think that probably the easiest to count however is that there is a lot of characters just flipping around for no real reason <laughs> yeah any um, move any jump any like <laughs> you got to get from one place to the other and look cool you've got to yeah, have there's there is a good chance flip particularly Tila. If Tila is trying yeah. to get from one place to another, there is a very good chance that she's going to flip at some point <laughs> for no reason. So I think that our bet should be how many unnecessary flips there are in one episode, like the yeah. max number of unnecessary flips. Uh, what, what, what would you say? Like five? Uh, five seems like a lot. I'm going to go with three. All right. I'm going to go with five. <laughs> Oh, I guess shit. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, I just threw it out there, but that flipping. feels right. Yeah. All right. So I'm looking forward to counting flips because I feel like I'm they're, sure they're <laughs> going to be a number. Thinking on it now, and we don't count the intro, but I feel like there are five flips in the intro. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the intro is basically just all of the characters flipping on yeah. the screen and like showing off their weapons. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's like uh, it's only like 15 seconds. It's like happens so quick. Yeah, it's so fast. Oh, <laughs> the intro is so great. I love it. Yeah. Um. So. For our next episode, we discussed watching the original He-Man show, like just kind of a selection of episodes. I kind of want to watch the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, though. <laughs> okay. Because I'm sure that is bonkers. Like, Yeah, yeah I'm okay with that. <laughs> that has got to be nuts. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube, so it'll be easy to get a hold of. Um, so yeah, let's, let's watch the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. I'm really curious to see what, what He-Man Christmas is like. Good yeah, lord. Yeah. If if He Man wears a Santa hat, uh I will get that tattooed on my stomach. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what Christmas looks like on Eternia. Yeah. Um but <laughs> until then, I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And be sure to revisit us next week to see I don't know, He Man celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>Thanks so much for listening. If you want more of our content, why not check us out at facebook.com slash hbpod and twitter at hbpod, where we post all of our content as well as uh, additional stuff related to what we've been watching. This is also a great way to get in contact with us if you're so inclined. Of course, subscribing on Apple Podcasts or whatever other podcatcher app you happen to use is a great way to stay up to date. And while you're there, please consider leaving us a review. We would really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and see you next week for He-Man and She-Ra, a Christmas special.